Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favorite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Unless it's a secret sibling, which probably is. Um, <laughs> that's oh, it all makes sense now. It's like, no, no it no. doesn't. It makes less <laughs> sense. I have more questions. Well, some, some people would argue he's the hero of Lord of the Rings. But... <laughs> some people being. <laughs> and it made you sad. The total opposite made you sad. Man, it is so bleak. I was reading it and I was like, damn, this girl's like, like... You're going to make a lot of enemies on the internet. <laughs> Welcome to. I, I feel like I'm running this podcast now. Sorry, Jamie. It's yours. I'm handing it over. You take it. <laughs> um, so, welcome to the Chosen Ones and Other Tropes. My name is Cassie Alupo, editor and writer. And the trope I would like to discuss today is the strong female character trope. Mm. Yay! Um, Yay. I, <laughs> this is like my my least favorite trope. So I think you said, Jamie, I should pick either my favorite or my least favorite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the one that sprung to mind immediately because I was just like, oh, this really gets on my nerves. Um, the words that spring to mind are taking it too far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know the kind of you know the kind of damsel in distress thing that used to be mm-hmm. all the rage. Like all the women were completely useless and would just mm-hmm. make towers for knights to come and rescue them. The strong female character is like the polar opposite of that. But instead mm-hmm. of saying, "Oh, we're completely debunking this idea that um, other women are just damsels in distress," it instead implies like it's it's either one or the other. You're either a damsel in distress or you're this heroic, strong sometimes physically strong, but also emotionally strong, untouchable, um, crazy powerful, uh, badass, another word that's often used in American um, fiction, spunky, which... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're you're one of those characters, those female characters that are just unbreakable. And Mm. yeah, the thing that I hate about it is just this sort of massive contrast. It's like, why can't Mm -hmm. we just all be somewhere in between? Yes, it feels like it... um... But you're you're literally picking one dimension in either in either way. So it's like this is one dimension of the character, and that's all they're going to be. Yeah, exactly. And it's like um, you know, I guess I guess a lot of the strong female characters that I think of, and the one that sort of sprung to mind, maybe not quite justifiably, was Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger mm-hmm. Games, mm. who is just so badass that. In the beginning, you're sort of like, oh, wow, like she's really cool and I really admire her. But then sort of, I don't know, towards the end of the first book, you're just like, oh, come on, you know, just. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like she fills what is a traditionally male role? Yes. She takes on a lot of the traits, right? Yes. But then at the end of the whole series, she becomes this apparently wife and mother and sort of off screen. So it is that kind of thing of like either Mm -hmm. you're your Katniss Everdeen in the story who's like so badass and so ridiculously strong or you're married with kids and there's nothing in between at all Mm -hmm. we talked about that 
in a different episode. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> about, um, about how it did seem out of character for Katniss to suddenly um, give everything up and go and se- settle down. What, uh, uh, Naomi, who, who, who were you thinking of? And we, we've talked a lot about Katniss, so I guess we could do more on that if you, if you had more to say about it. So, yeah, I, I was thinking about this, and I, I, like, like what we were just saying before, I, I struggle to think of anybody really because I think it's so common um, that they just kind of slip in <laughs> without you really realizing that they're doing it. And um, I, I'm on the fence with this trope. I really am. So I was thinking about it and, you know, Brandon Sanderson and he's got this whole series of lectures on YouTube and stuff. Um, in one of them I watched like a long time ago, he talked about like the dangers of representation. And he was talking about the fact that writers often include like uh, a character of a certain race for example in order to tick that diversity box but they'll only have one on their entire cast um and so what they do to make up for the fact that they only have one is to make them awesome with like a capital a yeah and they make them like really powerful indestructible bulletproof type people and i think that's how i look at the strong female it's like we try and make up for the fact that we have to put women on the page who aren't damsels and so we make them awesome with a capital a um, so yeah, I think they crop up probably just as much as the damsel in distress. So trying to think of one uh, is, was I found hard actually, apart from like Katniss. And I think as a young reader, I noticed it when Katniss came along, and I think perhaps she might have kicked off the the YA trope there because I think up to that point when we maybe had characters like Bella from Twilight. And there is like mm-hmm. such a notable difference between her and Katniss. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> You're um, so yeah, on the whole, I'm on the fence with it because I think it is just trying to make somebody awesome. But at the same time, young readers might not notice that that's what's being done. And so they see powerful women on a page. And I think that's important too. So I'm not, I don't know, I'm kind of on the mm. fence. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I totally understand what you mean because, first of all, when we got given this one, I was thinking when we say badass and as a trope specifically, when we've looked at other tropes, it's about it being a little bit one dimensional. So then I immediately went to like Marvel and I was thinking of like yeah. Black Widow and stuff. Yeah. But then I thought, to be fair, they do expand her later and they give her more of a backstory. But does that make her less of this sort of badass, awesome, capital A type character? And then I was definitely thinking, um, Especially my my biggest example was definitely Lara Croft. And I was just like, Lara <gasps> yes. Croft was just obviously invented in a room of like game programmers who were like, I know, let's make the same game again, but we'll give the main character boobs and it'll be great. <laughs> now I know that Lara Croft is like re- they've really tried to pull apart like Elise Alicia Vikander's played Lara Croft, and obviously it's been played loads in films, and they're trying really hard to give her a really big backstory and make her a bit more 3D. But I don't particularly feel like it's been that successful because <laughs> obviously her backstory is so crazy anyway. I'm not really sure whether it works. And it's not just, oh, it's Indiana Jones, but she's a girl and wears <laughs> very small clothes. So I'm not really sure if they've like massively nailed that. Um so yeah, I think I think. It's one of those tropes that can work as long as the character is still 3D enough. You can still have a a character that has, say, a stereotypical trait if they have a really 3D background that goes into a lot of depth. But the problem, as Naomi says, because usually women are like the one woman on the cast, 
that you don't mm-hmm. usually get any of that background and there's no time or room for it, especially in, say, yeah. like a movie franchise, which you think of the badass character being in a movie franchise because it's very action-packed and visual. And I was thinking about the Fast and Furious franchise with Letty. <laughs> And she's just like, she's just there, isn't she really? And she is like a badass and stuff, but she has pretty much no lines, pretty much no, nothing to do in, in the really fast car movie. Michelle Rodriguez has kind of been typecast. Yes. She has. Because yeah. she's she the has. same in Avatar. And Avatar is <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. Yeah, so I think, it's, I think it's okay as long as you give them a background, but unfortunately, because women are still considered kind of a side character, they don't get given that depth of background unless it's, say, in the MCU where they try and bring in other movies, but again, not sure how successful it is. Well, we're still waiting for them to bring in the Captain Marvel, some kind of sequel or something, because yeah, she was one of the first ones I went to where it feels like that was written uh, and they said, let's make the yeah. coolest, like, female character ever she's going to be so broody and like <laughs> it's going to be so kick-ass and it, it I, for me she just came off as having not really any character yeah yeah they, she's they made her too powerful to the point they had to remove her from one of the yeah movies. she is okay yeah, <laughs> yeah this reminds me of the way that like um oh well this is kind of off-piste but see when margaret thatcher became prime minister she actually took like elocution classes to sound more masculine it's almost know. like in order to be strong you need to like take on all of these masculine mm-hmm. qualities um, yeah which i yeah it's kind of like what's happened through the ages but it's it's still happening like mm. it, you know it's almost like why can't we see it and i think we we can there are lots of examples of not strong female characters but actually complex female characters i'm mm. um, trying to think of some examples but like as a modern one i think um 11 from stranger yeah. things is pretty good that's a good yeah. one yeah no she is spiky she's not particularly um i don't know she i guess she's not physically strong she has like powers yeah. she's not exactly emotionally resilient like she's got a mm-hmm. lot going on she's always struggling with her friendships and you know kind of figuring out her place in the world so that feels like a really like real character that could be male or female and doesn't like ultimately take on either one or the other role it's like just a genuine character that has a mix of different qualities um so yeah i i think that's a great example and yeah just the, the whole thing of like actually what are you saying you're not saying um women can be strong you're saying in order to be strong characters women have to take on traditionally masculine characteristics mm. yeah that's the message isn't it and those characteristics um the ones that i kind of see that are just kind of transposed is uh most of them are are pretty toxic uh it's like Mm -hmm. being like broody aggressive cold distant detached and then um a lot of the time that's never really explained and it's just like oh they sit there looking cool with the guns and stuff and and like that's that's the whole character yeah which, to be yeah. fair, like, is quite an attractive character a lot of the time. <laughs> like, you mean, like, like, get under the skin of that character eventually. It's like, yeah. it, it can be badass, like, for half an hour of the movie. But by, you know, by the time you get to that sort of second third, you need to be like, okay, there's something more going on here. Um, and that goes for, like, male or female characters, really. Yeah, it's adjusting how they are a badass because something that just popped into my head while we were chatting is if anybody's um read the comic books raising dion and the main character 
is um, a woman whose son has superpowers and she's trying to raise him to use his superpowers for good, but he's only in second grade, so he sometimes has temper tantrums and stuff. And she's, I would argue, is basically a badass. She has to deal with a lot of stuff and she has to deal with strong stuff and she gets hurt a lot and she has to pick herself back up. But she is not a superhero. Mm. Mm. And she, I think that's a good example of a badass character. Yes, she probably could be more 3D. Maybe she is a little bit too emotionally resilient sometimes, but because she's a, a, a mother, but also a mother of the superhero, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more of a balance, especially in terms of we've used a lot of superhero um, examples. Yeah. yeah, She's a good example of maybe about, but then again, maybe she doesn't fit into the trope if we're thinking that the trope means that it's quite a 2D character. Well, what do you think? Maybe. How much of this do you think, and that's a, that's a great segue into this, is how much of it is based around physical strength or kind of like a, a degree of power that, right. that the person has, and it's usually in like a uh, fighting or like combative way. How much do you think that it like plays into it? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think a lot, yeah, because if we look at Black Widow, um mm-hmm. she is she doesn't have any like superpowers she's just like a really good um hand-to-hand combat kind of skill and i think that personally is more admirable because it's more realistic whereas if you have somebody like captain marvel who has you know been zapped by whatever and has all these <laughs> massive powers i think that is that's so much that's less relatable yeah. um to like an audience so i, I don't personally get as much out of that um but yeah when you see like real women doing taking on i don't know the monster with nothing but their bare hands like in like uh aliens and stuff i think that is that is like more impressive interesting thing about alien Mm. uh which i I was actually thinking of when when cassie was talking about how male characters and female characters are written is uh i don't know if this is true um so don't double check this if you're going to tell someone else but <laughs> i heard that the script for alien that all of the characters names were written just their surnames which is why they only ever call each other by their surnames mm. so sigourney weaver's character is just called ripley mm. uh, and that there was no gender assigned to any uh, characters so when they did the auditions anyone auditioned for any role okay. and you come out with a character like ripley who is like very kind of believable very like human and and also obviously like a massive badass where she's like fighting aliens in mech suits and stuff i mean i kind of stand by ripley i feel like she's a really good example of when it does work and there's always an exception to the rule i think that is one of them because the genre demands it that she's a total strong female character badass and that's just how it's going to be like she's got to fight aliens um yeah. so it's, <laughs> it works and i can totally believe that they wrote the characters just genderless because that's exactly how it feels which is mm. something that i sometimes try and do or like flip the gender when i'm writing so that you kind of play around with like the whatever inherent stereotypes that you have in your head and that you're mm, you know, going to put on the page um just a really interesting way of like making a different type of character um 
but yeah, it's, it's a bit crazy in this day and age as well, that those kind of traits are just so ingrained that we can't actually get away from them completely. It's like, yeah. we're always going to stereotype it one way or another. I do think that's why the Hunger Games was interesting though, because like we just said, Katniss is quite male presenting and Peter is quite female presenting. Like, yeah. They are very much flipped. Like Peter likes baking. Peter likes painting. You know, he's quite. He's <laughs> he he he's not like your traditional male hero. It's really interesting the way that that is written. Yeah, um, it's almost like that dynamic as well also makes it like better because you do yeah. have the contrast. So, yeah. and that's why I still enjoyed the books, even though Katniss very much as an example. Like you sometimes think, like, would I be friends with this character and with her? I'm just like, Like, do I want to read their story? Yes. But yeah, there's something about the way that like her and Peter sort of interact that's just really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably because of what you just said, that it's he's like really got feminine characteristics as well as the other way around. So yeah, super interesting. Mm. Who did you guys think of? Because I, I, well, I was trying to come up with this, same thing as Naomi, I was like, who are the bad ones? And then I was thinking, yeah. like, it's kind of hard because if I feel like when this trope is done badly, the character is so immediately forgettable. Mm-hmm. Right. So I actually had a much better time coming up with one which I thought were, were good. And I, I guess I'm defining good here as like, I remembered them. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess there must be a vaguely interesting character, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, I'm surprised none of you guys have mentioned Buffy. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. What is wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Buffy. What do we think makes Buffy work where others don't? Mm. I think she's not just a strong female character. I yeah. think she has more depth than that. She just kind of like starts off. I think also because she's like at high school and she's 16. Yeah. Not like... I don't know. It's she doesn't have that the the power that she has doesn't go all the way through her life. She's not in control of all of these different elements of her life. She's actually kind of powerless in some. That's way. so true. We see her at school messing up grades and things and having to <laughs> like. There's loads of bits where it's like, oh no, you really have to do better in this exam, and we have to make sure no one can tell that you're killing vampires at night and staying up all night. Yeah. And so we see a lot more, and also because it's a TV series. I think you just generally speaking get more about the character. So like I was saying about how in movies, maybe there's not time to cover Mm -hmm. the female characters because we've got to wedge in all these really strong, tough boys. And so there's not as much time given to the female characters, whereas Buffy went for such a long time, eight years, I think. I think you get a lot more about her and about like her emotions and about other parts of her life that aren't just being a badass. That's a really good point. Yeah, Yeah. I totally agree with that. What about Elizabeth Bennet? Ah, yeah. Well, especially <laughs> in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's pretty good in that. <laughs> they might be leaning harder into the trope with that right? one. Right? <laughs> I find Elizabeth Bennet a little bit annoying. And I'm oh, a yeah. huge... I, I am an Austin fan, so I, I, it's not her work. So it's a lot of her characters that I do connect with. But Elizabeth Bennet, I've always found to be... Um, maybe because she is like this trope. Um, although I wouldn't necessarily have thought of her as such, just I oh. guess it's the way that you just don't think of Austin characters as being badass yeah. at all. But she, you're right, she kind of is for her time. Yeah, yeah, and very like emotionally detached, um, in yeah. control of the situation, but not so not so emotionally detached that she 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 obviously cares deeply for her sisters and her family. Yes, mm-hmm. so yes, 
And I think that's one of the big things about when when you get like a strong female character and people don't like them. And and it's it, it's because it's like, well, what do they care about? Knowing that uh, it's funny that we're putting Elizabeth Bennett in this list with like Buffy and every <laughs> character Michelle Rodriguez has ever played. But uh, the, a lot of those characters, it's like you don't like they're just kind of grumpy and mean and you don't know why. Mm. Uh, like knowing that yeah. what Elizabeth Bennett spends a lot of the time in in the book and films and television series, what she's actually fighting for a lot of the time is like just her sister's happiness, mm. which is yeah. which I guess attaches you to her, even if she is like wildly outspoken for the period. It's true. Yeah, well, I don't like her, Jamie. So <laughs> oh, sorry, I've done it again. First, it was Charlie from Twilight. Now it's Elizabeth Bennett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm making I'm sorry, so many guys. enemies today. It's great. <laughs> sorry, we hate Elizabeth Bennett. <laughs> what about Mr. Darcy? Though he's nice. No, he's not oh, a yeah. character. He's, he Mr. Darcy's great. I love. Oh, okay. <laughs> enemies to lovers. Let's go. <laughs> Um, what, what other ones? And what else, what else did you guys got on your list? What other characters came to mind? Oh, I had, um, Mulan. Like oh. I'm talking really Disney Mulan, of course, because yeah. I never met the real Mulan. So <laughs> it was a long time ago. So I'm not going off anything actually based probably in real legend. I'm going off Disney's Mulan. Mm-hmm. I think original Disney's Mulan. Original Disney's Mulan. Not we don't talk about new <laughs> Disney Mulan. Um, it's very upsetting, and I'm not over it. Um, yeah, um, I was thinking that Mulan. She, I'm not, I, I was really on the fence as to whether she was a good example because obviously the entire thing is about literally her taking on male traits. Like after mm. she makes herself look male, quote unquote, we'll park that where it needs to be parked. Um, she's trying to take on, like there's all these montages where she's trying to speak like a man and walk like a man. That's the comedy, isn't it? Is that, that, she, that she's not just trying to be a good fighter. She's actually so hyper-focused on having male traits. She doesn't really think about fighting. And then later when she's fighting, actually, she's pretty good. But she was so hyper-focused on trying to have all these male qualities. However, it is, I think she's probably a good example because it's her female qualities and what she learns as a woman that eventually help to save the day. So it's when she combines those two parts of her personality and actually realizes gender roles are stupid and that you can do things whether you're a man or a woman. So maybe she's a good example, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I keep changing my mind as I'm thinking about it. It's a tough one. What do you think on Mulan? Isn't that also the conclusion her commanding officer comes to? It's like, yes. oh. But yeah. She, like, yeah. It does, That's literally the debate of the right? film. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter that she's a woman. And doesn't she exactly. convince like, all of her male friends to dress up as women in order to win? Yes. So. <laughs> and teaches them like dance and feminine. And that particular yeah. dance as well in the culture is like about femininity and about being gentle. And there's the whole thing of, you know, when they're learning to fight in the song, it's saying they have to be like strong as a raging fire and all this. But however, what you learn from the female side when she's going to the matchmaker and stuff is it's also really important to have that yin yang and you're supposed to be also very calm and very poised and that helps you when you're trying to fight and especially in the follow-up films that's what they talk about so maybe she's a good Mm. example in that she is a badass but she's also trying to bring in the female qualities to help her badassery maybe that makes it better question mark yeah, I think there's something about like the cross-dressing element as well that yeah different. Mm. Um, it's like you said, they're, they're almost like purposely commenting on on that kind of boundary. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like you you could say that's true for a lot of other 
female characters that may be said to be badass, but also a cross-dressing, like um, yes, like Brienne of Tarth in the yes. Green yeah, series. So true. Very true. And wants to be a sir. Yeah. Mm. Um, but of course, it still identifies as a woman. Yeah, really good point. Yeah, it's like a whole like other level to it there. Um, yeah. And it stops being just strong female character and starts being like a comment on something yes. bigger. True. Mm. I'm going to throw some throw some more names out at you guys and see what you think. Um, Furiosa from Mad Max. Yeah. Mm. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah. We, like we don't get much about her, do we? I know. I, I, I don't know. I think you do. do you I you get think... enough. Because she, it's, yeah. obviously, it's her who's trying to rescue the wives, right? Yeah. So I think that's pretty much. I think that's well, the compelling of yeah. character, though. Yeah. Like, it's a tricky one. Like, I don't know really. Can you go into Mad Max? What are her hobbies? What's her favorite color? Like, I feel well, like yeah, it's not really relevant I, in Mad Max, but I mean, you know what I mean? And also, you, you learn more about her than you do about Max. So. That's so true. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is so true. true. <laughs> she's just a main character. <laughs> And I love her, by the way. I actually love Furiosa, whether she's a good or bad example. Mm. Like, I actually she's don't mind cool with character. Furiosa. Yeah. She's very well acted, very well put together. And she has a story. And parts of her story are done in shorter ways. So, for instance, like, because she's an amputee, that's part of her story was, that you're wondering about, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the, to, to some degrees, the, the the mystery of not saying so much about her, it kind of brings you in because you're intrigued about the different things about her. Yes, yeah, so maybe that works. What about Sarah Connor? <laughs> from Terminator. From Terminator. Oh, <laughs> no, from down the street, just down the road. Or Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> um, Sarah Connor. Mm, is she? I feel like she can be a bit damsel and distressy sometimes in those movies. I think no? in the first one, and mm. then she becomes. Hmm. Maybe she, maybe her transformation is a bit too miraculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> she goes from like very distressed to very confident. <laughs> yeah, character arc. Yeah. I, <laughs> I also have Princess Leia. Oh, mm. interesting. Mm. I don't know if she's that like she's not sort of badass enough, is she? Yeah, I was wondering I, that. I'm not sure. I think she goes from damsel to distress to badass because she's like yeah. commanding armies and stuff, isn't she, from behind the, the battle? Yeah. Um, I mean, she also is like the face of the entire rebellion. I agree. Right. Yeah. Like Katniss. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Not> parallel though. <laughs> I thought she was an interesting one. I mean, she has a lot of... Um, she she's always like speaking out and speaking her mind and she's not afraid mm. to tell the boys to shut up, which yeah, is kind of like her that. best trait. I That's think. very true, actually. Yeah. She does take on. But she's also she also has those yeah, she definitely takes on in terms of gender roles, both the feminine and masculine. So she's she's really good at commanding, say, armies, but she also works in a political yeah, way, talking to and, and using her words as opposed to her fists. <laughs> which does make it a little bit more balanced, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last one I had um, have you guys all seen the Lego movie? Yeah. 
No. Like ages ago. It feels like <laughs> there's there's a character in that who's like in quotes the female lead who feels like a great parody of this exact um trope. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But she's like, she's like way too cool, and like the when whenever she's on screen, like the cool music plays, and she she's like really good at everything, and she moves in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, as you're speaking about it, I'm just like, I I wonder like how much of my dislike of this trope just comes from being jealous of these like. English- <laughs> 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 is, this, is this why you don't Jealousy. like Elizabeth Bennet? You just jealous. <laughs> I'm just jealous. <laughs> I did really like Mr. Darcy. To be fair. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the therapy, guys. <laughs> uh, you're so welcome. Now, listen. Th- as we're rounding this off, all three of you are writers. Um, mm-hmm. Cassia, in fact, edited your books. Uh, <laughs> Naomi, <Yep>. Melissa. <laughs> Do you guys consider any of the characters that you've written to be badasses? I feel like in my first book I was almost responding to this trope because without knowing it <laughs> I think I wrote I wrote two main female characters it's a dual oh, narrative yeah. and one of them is basically the strong female yeah character. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would agree I with that. that yeah yeah I, I feel yeah. like that was what was going on so yeah I definitely mm, did We Are Blood and Thunder is I think my response to that trope oh, yeah, yeah that's cool but I think it, the the key with like I feel like this is often our resolution when we when we're talking about tropes is that it, tropes are often representing like one dimension of a story or a character or a setting and like if you flesh it out you can you can you can kind of do any of them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think th- it's all about being 3D isn't it so I was yeah. thinking because I write dual narrative in my love life and the apocalypse but it's a boy and, boy and a girl character mm. and the girl character is certainly a very anxious character she has um ways of getting around panic attacks and she talks a lot about mm. evening out of breathing and she's seeing a therapist a hundred years before she's frozen she's seeing a therapist um <laughs> so she's a little bit behind on her therapy sessions however um <laughs> she is yeah, she's a very nervous character so I, d- I would definitely would not call her a badass however part of her character arc is trying to speaking of like princess leia telling the boys to shut up her part of her character arc is definitely to speak up more mm-hmm um so i don't know if maybe if that became like a whole series would she change if i had eight seasons of buffy would she be different i'm not sure but she's mm-hmm. certainly not in that book no no she's I, I feel like you both write very complex female characters in very different ways like naomi's yours aren't definitely aren't like shrinking violets but also <laughs> i wouldn't say they're just sort of like badass female whatever yeah. warriors they're some they're like a mixture maybe yeah i don't I don't think my first, my character in Every Line of You, I don't know, probably not in a traditional way, but she does mm. have the ability to get up to stuff she shouldn't. Yeah. yeah She's she closer to it. Yeah. 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 Whereas in my second one, I don't think she is. I think mm. she's very much like um, responding to things rather than instigating them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The third one that I'm writing right now, however, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is it, we were talking about the they're often like adopted traits and often toxic traits. That are the traits of Lydia, the character from Every Line of You, that that make her sort of closer to being a uh, in quote strong female badass character. Do you think those are, those are traits which are more in line with sort of 
being a bit of a sociopath than a bit of like <laughs> and a bit mental <laughs> I think uh Henry definitely is yeah yeah and yeah. I think he he has her ear so he leads her astray that's um, true she yeah, knows that true. she she likens him to, a, to being a psychopath because he doesn't have the ability to feel guilt um, mm, yeah, and true. that's part of his arc but anyway yeah okay so <clears throat> Cassia you 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 have brought this this trope to us uh and it's been a fun it's a fun discussion mm. how would how do you think we go about not necessarily fixing it but kind of like redirecting it into a better into a better place well it's interesting given all that we said there are ways to do the strong female character really well I think the key is um in making sure that they actually have something to say and not just in the sense of you know literally but that as a character they have a kind of complexity that puts a different spin on the on the whole trope um mm-hmm. so i i mean that's probably kind of what you're going to say with every single trope it's about <laughs> giving your fresh perspective yeah. on it but i think specifically with this one it's like why are they a badass like what led them to this point and what vulnerabilities could you kind of think about um so i i think Mm -hmm. that's i think that's the key really you guys got anything else to add on to that follow that oh my goodness because that was that was like perfectly because it's so funny um because Kezia said oh as we've been talking about it because I I find with loads of these episodes I change my mind as I go along but that (laughs) is so true I think as per usual with most of the tropes we talk about it can be used as long as you have reasoning behind why you're using it. You're aware mm. it could be a stereotype mm. and that you flesh out that character. And as Kezi has put it better, make sure there's reasons behind why they're like that. Because there should be reasons behind why they're like anything, whether a badass character or not. So don't just make it that they just are a badass. Yes, exactly. Because mm. it's uh it almost feels like a buzzword it feels like the kind of buzzword yeah. that some years ago in hollywood that they were all using to pitch to studios and studios yeah. were like yeah, yeah people love that yeah yeah but definitely if if someone said to you okay describe your your protagonist in one word you'd be like what well, I, you can't i can't describe it in one word just simply saying that my protagonist is strong or a badass is not that's not a character description that's like one dimension of something that should have many 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 dimensions yeah right exactly it's like um kick-ass where the girl character is called hit girl it's it's obviously all a joke like it's obviously subverting what we're talking about and obviously it was around that time where people were bringing those to the studio and they're like let's literally call the movie kick-ass what should we call the other character hit girl (laughs) okay (laughs) that's what it says on the tin you know yeah i think that about sums it up Thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode. To stay tuned to everything we're up to, you can follow the podcast on all socials at The Chosen Tropes. Follow Melissa at Meliva, Naomi at Naomi G. Writes, and Jamie at Jamie X. Greenwood. Don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope. <laughs>